Hello and welcome to Newspeak. This is the uh, NCF's weekly look at the news agenda. As usual, I'm joined by our senior fellows, Rafe Hadelman Q, historian royal commentator, and Dr. Philip Kisley from Leeds University. And also a special guest who was last here about six months ago, this is John O'Sullivan, uh, head of the Danube Institute, which is based in Budapest. And indeed, he's been in London uh, hosting a conference about the future of conservatism. Um, before, however, we talk about those subjects, uh, just a reminder, um, we've got one of our locals events, which is happening in Reading, this coming Tuesday, 27th of June at seven o'clock. Uh, if you're interested, uh, we've already had quite a few people coming back to us uh, saying they're going to be coming. Um, we've had a lot of crowds at the other ones. So if you want to join us, uh, please do get in touch via events at newcultureforum.org.uk. Uh, events at newcultureforum.org.uk. And uh, yes, it's Tuesday, so maybe, maybe see you then. Um, I want to start, if I can, with the, this, this big story, which is, uh, basically came about because two uh, girls, two 13-year-old mm. girls, a college in, in Sussex, mm. um, recorded their teacher. Um, you know, I wonder if, uh, Rafe, you could start us off on that one. What, what actually was it that was oh gosh, yes. the story? Well, it's a remarkable story, you know. <laughs> I mean, in 2019, we had uh, Rod Little on our show, and yeah. um, he wondered whether we had then reached peak wank, as he called it, in terms <laughs> of <laughs> in terms of woke, woke nonsense. And I wasn't quite, I didn't quite believe it at the time. And I think we've been proved right over the last three years that we've, we're far from reaching that peak, <laughs> that peak moment. Um, this is about a story of a teacher who just described two children as being yeah. despicable yeah. because they wouldn't accept that a girl in their class was a cat. Now, yes, viewers, you heard me correctly. <laughs> this two-legged girl was not a cat, and now that is enough to get yourself sent up to see the headmistress. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, you would think, well, this is clearly an aberration. This is, you know, this is the heat getting to this teacher or something. But no, it's since been reported, and this has all been come out through the Telegraph. It's since been reported that up and down the length and breadth of this nation, there are children identifying as horses, as a moon, not the moon. moon. It's a not like moon, yeah. Insanity is saying that you're Queen Cleopatra in a past life rather than an Egyptian. This is a moon rather than <laughs> the moon. And also a dinosaur. But it gets even more absurd because now it's also been reported, following on from that, that uh, teaching assistants have been taking out children who think they're horses for a canter around <laughs> the grounds. <laughs> and um, <laughs> in other cases, they've been feeding strips of meat to those who think that they're dinosaurs. I mean, I didn't think I could be shocked anymore. <laughs> and I must say, there's a jaw-dropping moment to read a paragraph like that in a newspaper <laughs> of record. Um, and you have to think, well, you know, this is where absurdity takes us, but this is mm. the logical conclusion when you can mm. start to mm. have 101 genders. Mm. We've now gone from preferred pronouns to preferred species. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an absurdity. And it was, I've, lo I've long said uh, for many years, you know, that the two people think that I'm exaggerating, but the two greatest threats to Western culture and civilization are mass migration and teacher training colleges <laughs> and it's not an exaggeration to say that because they're actually mm. producing the youth yeah. of the future we have the most left-wing teaching body ever in history but we also have the most left-wing generation of students in history yeah. on every mm. indice you look at they are far more left-leaning and there's no coincidence of course when they're being 
taught and molded over the course of you know yeah. 15 years I mean, of their look, life by, by these uh, woke madrasas yeah. or, or teacher training colleges. I think <laughs> it's, uh, it's worth saying actually because this, this teacher, because we were having a good old laugh about this, but in this particular case, this teacher, the, the cold language that she used, mm. which was sort of robotically ideological, you know, that it's very sad. They said, well, our parents don't, but our parents believe they're only men yeah. and women. Oh, well, that's very sad too. I think she said you need re-educated. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, you have to listen to the, um, to the footage, to, uh, yeah. you know, to, mm. to the audio, to, to really get a sense of her bovine stupidity. Really, she doesn't understand. That's anti sheep. That's anti, <laughs> anti cow. Um, it, um, she doesn't understand um, what she's talking about. It's like you know when police weigh in to these uh, Twitter spats, these identitarian Twitter spats, and they just—they've got no idea what they're talking about because they don't have the training. And it's gobbledygook anyway because people are making it up as they go along. Mm -hmm. Okay, so she doesn't know what she's talking about, and and. On the one hand, it's 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 really funny and it, and it's absurd on on every level. You know, they're going out cantering around the field and eating. But on the other hand, it's it's incredibly disturbing because what kind of mental health issues are are, are we storing up for these children? Okay, so she doesn't know what she's talking about, and the children are the grown-ups in the room. It's a complete reversal, isn't it? Mm -hmm. The the children are the grown-ups in the room, and they're telling her what to think they're actually treating her as though she's a bit of an idiot and they're saying no we don't believe that surely we're allowed to yeah. say we 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 don't yeah. agree you know and they're doing all of the, the the freedom of speech stuff that's one thing there's something else what's the next stage of this story right for me the next stage is we're going to find out that that uh teachers teacher teaching assistants are going to be identifying as the moon and god knows what and and you know we're going to see it's got to be hasn't it they've got to identify as all sorts of nonsense mm. it's not just going to be the children it's going to be the teachers as well because that's the water we're swimming in um so i i think that you know children when they look to the front of a classroom they shouldn't be seeing either a clown or a monster because mm. there's a fine line between the two, an identitarian clown or a monster. They're children, for God's sake. They should be seeing a teacher and they shouldn't be the grown-ups in the room. Don't you think, uh, John, I mean, I admire these girls. Yeah, uh, I, massively. I, I would love more and more pupils to do this, actually. And I think more and more people will do. Uh, but the girls you admire are the two who stood up and said, this oh. is a complete mm. farce and you shouldn't be encouraging it and so on. I'm interested in the other children. Yeah. I mean, what's their real motivation here? I know if it had been when I was at school, or if I'd been reading the books of just William, uh, 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 or um, who were they, the Centrinians mm. and that kind of thing, they would be pulling a huge fast one mm. on the teachers, wouldn't mm. they? Mm. But they don't seem to be. Um, I don't quite get it, whether or not there is a kind of an entire closed um, well, not closed-minded, but closed-mouthed children who are engaging in this fantastic mm. impersonation mm. of mm. people who are, well, mentally not normal. But there is no doubt that the, as you say, the teachers are in the grip of what Lenin mm. called infantile mm. leftism. Mm. They mm. themselves are, mm. are adopting the latest nonsense. And I don't even think 
um, uh, uh, Rafe, it's fair to call it left wing. I mean, it's a bit of a scandal. Yeah. Well, it's that, radical. That, it's, ra <laughs> it's, ra it's radical left ideology. But it's yes, it's, it's radical. It's, it's mainstream in schools. It's mainstream yeah. in the education. It's mainstream in the institutions. Yeah, do you actually have any situations where people insist you say, "Sir, you call them by certain pronouns"? Because that's the that's all part of this same thing. I've. I've managed to, I've evolved a way of using language in which I don't yeah. use names or refer to people like that. You don't have to use pronouns when people are in the room, do you? So um, I, I, I just tend to say you or, you know, I, I, you. I, I, it's oi, just yeah. a way yeah. of, oi, yeah, get here. It's a way of circumventing mm. all of this mm. stuff. But what about the psychiatrist question? I mean, d does no one ever say, why do you think you're a cat? Mm. Uh, but w I mean, that obviously would be casting doubt mm. on the possibility that you were. But it's an obvious question, isn't mm. it? Mm. Well, or what even less hostile? What first made you realise you were a cat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, well, Catherine Burbalsing has also spoken of, of someone who says that they're a hologram. Mm. Now, <laughs> well, yeah, well, how a hologram, you know, you can understand perhaps someone thinks that they're a cat and they have a glass of milk and a litter tray in the classroom or something, right? But you're a hologram, you, need to you still need to consume food, which obviously a hologram doesn't need to consume. So there are clear yes. flaws here. But it's this, it's this coddling. <laughs> there are clear flaws here, really? <laughs> it's this, the coddling of children, you know, where yeah. now, of course, they can never ever be denied anything and they can never be told that they're in the wrong when we were at school if we had told our teachers that you're a, you're a, you know you're a, you're a dog or a cat you'd have got a clip around the ear or the the, the blackboard duster would have been hurled across the room at you and you'd have been laughed at by everybody I think but it's this coddling of children and, it's, and it, as you said they're the ones who are now ruling the roost but just to, sorry sorry peter just to respond to john's question i think there will be children who who will be really, you know, taking the mick here. <laughs> yes. There will be children who know they're onto a good thing and they can get away with yeah. anything. Yeah. But a huge amount of children, don't forget, they've been drenched in this since birth mm. and they don't know any different. If, you know, if, if, if a teacher says that it's okay for you to be a cat, then it's okay for you to be a cat because it's a, it's a, you know, it's it's a it's a someone in a position of authority. It's someone in a position of power. Who are they to question that? And it's well, also that's the, the really what, scary what, thing. What about if you ask the question that follows logically on, like for example, have you ever wondered what it would be like if you came into contact with the person whose hologram you are? <laughs> <laughs> would it would it have any? effect in the world of physics would you one of you disappear that kind of thing I mean I can't, it seems to me that if you were to treat it in a kind of solemn way which mm. is at the same time you know inoffensive in a sense mm. but at the same time makes the person kind of begin to think uh, either this I, I'm engaged in the charade mm. or there's something wrong here mm. deeply with my failure but, to say but the problem is obviously who would be making that point? Mm. Yeah. Because the, uh, I think Catherine Burbel Singh said there are there is no adult authority anymore. It's gone, right? So that it's yeah. not in schools. Mm. And also the other point as well is, uh, what about the parents? Are these uh, kids doing this at home? Mm. Well, of you course, know, teachers aren't allowed to tell the parents now, are they? That's yeah. the whole issue. Oh, Whatever yeah. you if you choose to dress up in your leggings in in, mm. in the class. <laughs> You're, you're, the teacher can no longer tell the parents what I you're getting up to I in the, think, in, in the think, classroom. I think what was interesting with the footage, and you, when we were, when I was listening to those children, I could almost hear. I think what's happened is the children have gone home and said, "Look, this is happening in yeah. in the classroom." Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I, it almost feels as though the parents have said, "Right, well, if they say this, then you respond yeah. in this kind of way, and you respond in this kind of way." 
the, the parents have taught them, I think, very, very ably and very, very well. If those parents are listening, you know, you should be homeschooling. Yeah. Um, and and I thought the mm. I thought the, the the girls handled it incredibly well, well because I thought I think they've been primed by that. I think yeah. the serious side here, of course, is yeah. the damage this is doing oh. to people's education. Yeah. Uh. Because it's so disruptive. You know, I mean, I didn't like maths at school. I would have loved to have been able when someone asked me a question just to go meow at my answer. Right? <laughs> but that's what's happening now. People are meowing and barking their answers to people. But that's so disruptive to the rest of the student body who want to have a decent education. But, you know, you can't, in Poland and China are, are surging ahead with their schooling systems. You know, mm. our schooling system is deteriorating in comparison to the G20, mm. and we're making a mockery of ourselves by doing this. When you know, stem cells, nothing's being taught correctly because we're having these meanders down into into cow cooking land. Also, the other, I mean, the, yes, the other point is as well. Is is that you know no adult authority, no mm. no uh, uh, parental authority, presumably in these cases, um, but also no psychiatric authority increasingly, because the whole of the sort of psychiatry has been infected with critical race theory and yes. critical and gender theory. And in a lot of in, in, in a lot of ways, yeah. that's the really terrifying thing. That's yeah. an utterly yeah. terrifying thing. Whatever you think of therapy. Mm. Everything now has got to be seen through these prisms, hasn't it? You well, know. it also is, of course, an absurd reflection of Soviet, Soviet psychiatry yeah. in the 60s, mm. where, you know, if you said, uh, they would say, um, don't you live in a perfect society, isn't it? No, I don't, and I don't like it. Well, we think it's a perfect society, so therefore you are deluded, and mm -hmm. we're going to lock you up. Mm -hmm. uh, Bob Conquest once came up with the line, a proverb of detente, which was, uh, uh, I am not my brother's keeper. One is provided by the Serbsky Institute, and yeah. you know. So you uh, you are living in a in a in a, a penal colony disguised as a school. I think this is this is much more widespread than we yeah. think. I mean, Catherine Burbel Singh again said, you know, this is parents have no idea quite how bad things are. In I, I think that's the key point to the whole thing, mm. right? Because this has just blown up massively. And, and, mm. and Rach pointed out some of the, the extreme lunacy. I think we'll find this is going on. We, we kind of know it's going on all over the country. The point is um, the parents don't know. So people do have to wake up. It was what I was saying at the conference, isn't it? You know, people are lazy about this. They think, oh, it's political oh. correctness gone mm. mad. It's much more than that. It's we're post-revolutionary, as we always say. Parents need to really wake up and think about and look into what their children are learning at school. And Beautiful. they need to make a stand. And when you see the absurdity of some of the claims being made, a lot of this comes from YouTube, where people mm. now children are watching adult kink fetish type things mm. which aren't, aren't pornographic but they're people living as dogs and Puppies, cats now furries, play, furries. Yeah. so children are now seeing this stuff mm. which is available freely on YouTube that's influencing them but once you realize how far they're being influenced by these things it makes you even more appreciative of the fact that when they say that they're a female when they're a male mm. is it's even more now likely to be a fashion mm. rather than a true feeling mm. I felt uh, actually listening to these two girls and by the general tenor of their voice and accent and everything without wishing to make too many assumptions I was you know I was uh, what came to mind was Orwell's phrase in 1984 when he said any hope there is lies with the players and he used that word in the context of the book mm. I, I hasten mm. to add I'm not using it but I sort of thought that it's it's actually going to be down to ordinary people mm. who basically are d 
not middle class people, I no, would no, say, no. actually, because they're too compromised. Mm -hmm. They'll go mm -hmm. along with mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's working class people and, 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 and the key phrase is common sense. Mm. Yes. You know, because that's, that's yeah. frowned upon by the middle classes. Everything is the critical theory to death. Uh, and we, we've all got to look at, at ourselves through identity lenses and prisms. No, get rid of all that. It's all nonsense. Yeah. Uh, think about reality. Well, rationality. One of the reality. I mean, that brings <coughs> us on to this next point, which I think is very uh, is connected. It's all connected now. But mm. this is um, very interesting. It's something that's been bubbling away for a long time, Philip, isn't it? But there is this sort of schism that mm. they say has suddenly arisen, but it hasn't suddenly arisen. Mm. Um, that has come about because of Pride and the Pride Month, mm. uh, with in relation to Muslim councils here and in in America. Can yeah. you just? Uh, this, this is a lovely story, it really is, it made me laugh out loud. And, and this illustrates, uh, it's one of those things, on the one hand it's, it's very, very funny, on the other hand it's quite tragic, but uh, it illustrates the, the house of cards that is Identity Britain, and all you have to do is just touch it, and it comes crashing down. So this is a, let me get it right, there's quite a, there's quite a lot that's going on here. There are, there are so many apologies, I can't keep up with them, but this is the mayor, this is the mayor of Keighley, in uh, Yorkshire and he is called Mohammed Nazam uh, and he attended a pride event and he was caught you know by the camera mugging to the camera uh, everything's great with a with a great big pride flag behind him his religious community were up in arms about it okay so he apologized and he said look this this goes against pride goes against my religion and he made this big apology. On the back of that apology, the council kind of went berserk, went for him and said, you know, you can't say that. So he apologized to the council for apologizing. Then after that, the LGBTQI alphabet people got involved, demanded apology, demanded another apology from him not learning from experience and, and, and what happens in life, he issued an apology to them as well. He may have issued apologies to, to more. He might have, you know, apologized to his missus for all of this, for all I know. But he had issued an apology to them. And of course, they're not interested in forgiveness or anything like that. They're just interested in destroying people. So he is now the ex-mayor of Keighley. Um, and I, I suspect he's just staying at home and keeping his head down. There's something as well has happened in America. And something a, a similar thing has happened uh, in America. What is Michigan. the area? It's in Michigan, which is mm, very strongly yeah. Muslim, isn't it? And yeah. again, uh, white liberals um, this you know, have been thrown into a quandary. Uh, mm. Don't quite know how to respond to this. Well, this what I find remarkable, I would love to actually ask liberals who have full mass migration, what did they think was going to happen? Mm. You know, for 20, 30 years, we've been commentating in, on the right mm. about the incompatibility of, mm. of the, the, the liberal mass, mass migrants who are coming over here with those people who want mm. to maintain Western liberal democracies. You know, mm. if uh, those countries we can see around the world that have the most 
draconian laws on on uh, mm. on the gay rights, on uh, on female on, on female rights, and so forth, are the ones who are performing the large part of the migration policy, mi migration to this country. And you're seeing this classic example in in Michigan, where liberals were voting for a majority Muslim council in order to poke one in the eye at the Republicans and Trump, and they've now gone ahead and banned all pride ba banned all pride flags. And you think, well, what did you expect was going to happen? You know, uh, and, and this competing victimhoods, isn't that? There's one faction of the Liberals saying, you're all racist. And there's another faction of the Liberals saying, no, you're all anti-queer. And they're, they're, fighting, they're fighting, you know, with each other. It's, it's hilarious. But how much do you think of a, a serious effect would this schism have? Or will they just live with it? I mean, I, I can't help feeling that they will live with it. Um, and it will be allowed to be there as just a, a simple conflict. Well, they love their contradictions. They will live with it, won't they? But not in the correct way, if I might put it this way. Mm. I mean, we all live with mm. conflicts with our neighbours. Mm. I mean, that's what it means living in a free society. Mm. There's also uh, well, live and let live, easy going and so on. And um, unfortunately, if you come here from societies in which these things are matters for uh, vendettas and death cults, um, they, th those people are not going uh, to take to it so obviously. Now the question is, how do we actually take people who are, particularly those who are born here, um, who have strong religious opinions uh, which clash with the sexual attitudes of a lot of, um, uh, well, younger Brits, um, how do we find a way of getting them to become liberals? Because in effect, that's the task mm. which society's got, unless it's going to try to reverse immigration. Uh, one way of doing it, by the way, is obviously cut off the supply of mass immigration, because the fact is, if you're 2% of a population, you don't actually go around trying to change majority attitudes, do you? You just accept what they are and you, because you know you, you can't change them and therefore the only way you can live in the society is by accepting. Mm. And, um, and that can happen. And of course other people get more tolerant. I understand how you feel, old boy, but you know, um, now is not the time to say it, if I may. But the interesting thing though is that it, young Muslims mm. have more conservative views than their parents generation mm -hmm. did mm -hmm. and that's what's interesting if you look at young people that's as a true. whole yes they are they are more liberal but when you actually look at ethnic minorities yeah. uh, and not just Muslims I should say you find the same thing also with Hindus and yeah. others you have this and of course um, you say live with it but British cities are becoming less white mm -hmm. and the, the larger the city mm -hmm. the, the uh, larger the ethnic minority is becoming a majority mm -hmm. and so the irony is of course for decades for centuries probably gay people for example would flood from small towns to mm -hmm. the big city mm -hmm. as being their place where they could live their own lives and now but of course now what now we're seeing is London which has been the great beacon mm -hmm. of Europe for, for freedom is now actually the most intolerant when it comes to women's rights when it comes to uh, levels of homophobia mm -hmm. also increasingly anti-semitism why well we know why because of the demographic change that's happened in those cities. Now we're seeing, of course, a rise in, uh, you know, the Metropolitan Police in London now have a witchcraft department because of the rise mm. of witchcraft mm. from, Af from, from Africa. Uh, we're seeing honor killings, acid attacks, mm. anti-Semitism, misogyny, homophobia, all on the rise in, in these cities. That's a taste of things to come. You know, I'm, I'm actually in many ways an old-fashioned liberal on many issues, and that's really the, the main reason that I've been concerned for so long about migration mm. was to ensure that we maintained and could retain those liberal values that mm. took us centuries to achieve. Mm. Mm. In, if you, if apart from the solution of reducing the inflow so that the numbers in the society 
and not continually reinforce it. And I accept your point that younger Muslims and young, well, younger people and all ethnic minorities tend to have a slightly grievance-flavored mm. uh, attitude, which leads to these strong, um, forceful positions, which uh, their parents didn't have because they were grateful to be here, mm. had a sense of coming to someone else's country. They are the ones who felt they must adapt. The, the, you know, the chil their children don't feel that or don't feel it mm. so strongly. So you, therefore, you have a really, you have a permanent problem. And I'm, I'm curious as to what the answer to that is. I don't know. Well, I mean, well, there isn't a good answer to it. There's only a bad answer to it. And yeah. the bad answer is that uh, we lose our freedom. You know, because uh, yeah. we, we're not allowed to go, there will be no go areas. You're not allowed to say this, it's happening. You're not allowed to do yeah. that because if you do that, you actually put yourself in danger. Yeah. So what people will do is just impose, self-impose, yeah. Uh, restrictions on themselves for yeah. their own safety and and that's you know that's, well, that's what the situation is at the moment and that's and but it's only going to get worse that's it? the I question of a, a girl well, going out for a, for a date she dresses um, uh, more modestly so to speak yeah. let me put it that way mm. okay well that's one way of doing it it's mm. not a way that I think is sustainable in the long run because there are so many people including young Muslim women who uh, and I'm not arguing against women dressing modestly by and large I liked the past mm. but nonetheless I don't like people being forced no. to behave in a way mm. that is that there's not their free choice without a good reason and particularly when it's the indigenous culture that's having yeah. to mm. adapt yeah. so that, that yeah. should never that should never be allowed mm. and of course I mean, you're seeing that you know just look at the uh, beliefs about apostasy now a majority of young Muslims in this country believe that um, mm. You should be put to death if, if you mm. if you leave the faith. That's mm. an astonishing thing to actually mm. consider. Yeah. Uh, over half of uh, of uh, young Muslims believe that being gay is mm. wrong, compared to only five percent of the broader population. Yeah. Now it's generally, I think, too late for this country to try to tackle this in a proper, meaningful way in the terms that you're just mm. describing. But Denmark has been doing it the, yeah. the, the most successfully mm. in Europe, and the way that it's done that because it's found that the more ghettoized communities mm. are, the more likely they are to hold these mm. extreme yeah. views. Yeah. Yeah. So they've been breaking up the ghettos. When you go to kindergarten and to primary school in Denmark, you can't have more than 30% of the school children and of one particular faith. Therefore, I mean, of, of a Muslim faith rather. So mm. the majority must always be present in school settings. Yeah. Well, that's probably the best way. But we're a long it's not way. Ideal, we're a long, we're a long way from that. that. We're a long way from that in this country. Oh yeah, but in terms of mainstream values being, yeah. being inculcated but into it, people, that's the best chance you have of no, doing but there, it. There will come a point. So sorry, but there will come a point. When you say mainstream values. You see, we are, we might reach a critical mass quite soon where they're no longer mainstream yes. values. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could. London is already. Mm. That, that's the case in London. Mm. You know, when I stood for the assembly in what 2016, we had what they called the donut, which was yeah. a, mm. around it people who were people who'd vote for us in, in this case UKIP or Tories. That has disappeared entirely mm. within five well, years. Well, that's why I say I think it's too late for this country. Mm. Where Denmark has left mm. and right governments. The left-wing governments in mm. Denmark are actually more conservative yeah. on these issues than the right-wing governments. One of the things, for example, is yeah. they force people to shake hands at citizenship ceremonies, whereas mm. Muslim, a Muslim male will refuse to shake a female's hand. Mm. Mm. You have to do that as a precursor. So that to happened with the Princess of Wales recently. Yeah, but, she no, went about, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But I'm talking about Danish citizenship ceremonies. You're forced to do that. That's mm. their way of saying. Now, I can't imagine that ever happening in this country because but our governments are too weak. But, you know, all the stuff that you talked about, all of those things there that you were talking about, witchcraft, you, you know, or, or people not being allowed to go anywhere, you know, women have, having to dress mm. modestly, uh, no-go areas. Lots of people, the point I made about education before, 
ordinary average people don't know this is going on in schools right ordinary average people don't know this is going on in school in, in cities either they don't mm. know they they don't they don't put these things together and they don't you know immigration uh, culture behavior society those things don't fit together in a box for them because they just don't think about it often they don't have to because it doesn't necessarily impinge directly on their lives but it's going to and this is what this is why I'm, I'm so keen on this idea of education just uh, you know this this I've just talked about it over the weekend actually but this phrase you know educate yourself is always thrown around by the left yeah. isn't it and it's, in, it's an intimidation yeah. we should actually be thinking about this very very seriously and we should be educating ourselves about these issues the thing is that one of the, the great uh, uh, dichotomies about all of this is if you think of what we've been talking about today we've been talking about these terrible things happening in schools mm. and we're talking now about intolerance on the part of Muslims okay so where would you stand right you've got a situation we've already had it in birmingham you've got a situation where you've got muslim parents saying we don't don't want these gender ideologies being taught and you've got them teaching yeah. in schools who would you line up with Wait, who would you line up with well that's a very tricky question mm. because had you asked me that question 20 years ago i would have sided with i would have sided with the government and mm. the schools because at that point <laughs> i would have been in support of the of the curriculum as it then was mm. Everything's gone to hell in a handbasket since then. It's, it's very difficult. You know, 2010, I think, was the peak of our civilization. Mm. Everything has gone crazy since then. And I don't know what, on whose side I would stand. What about you, John? Well, it's a hard one because the Muslim parents are often defending tr the traditional standards that were also mm. part, mm. though independently part, mm. of Christian culture and post-Christian <coughs> culture. Mm. So, I mean, the, I'm, I rally to whoever is defending the standards, which, are, which happen to be our traditional standards, but which are also uh, what I would call conservative liberal standards. Mm. That is to say, they're an easygoing way of trying to get the acceptance of the common uh, views we all f or we all share. Mm. And, and what you're saying to me, and I completely accept your point, by the way, is that it's very, it's very uh, pious of me to say that, but the fact is, um, there doesn't seem to be a way of achieving that mm -hmm. and, and without which isn't in some sense also offensive to us mm -hmm. and brutal and we have no means no of knowing if it will succeed neither because yeah. uh, we've already talked about the, um, the the education establishment and how lunatic that is but if you if you stand on the side of um, a Muslim kind of uh, religious view of the uh, of life then you're you're going to work towards Islamism so you've got to think about where that's going to go in the future I would say and and I don't think any of those we, we we've yeah, got exactly. we've got a huge task of trying to create something new and it's actually what you're talking about John but we we, we can't yeah. go down the Muslim route because we're not yeah. Muslims no. Well, no no but we could go down we could because it's not actually yeah. increasingly yeah. not just Muslims it's also yeah. Christians in particular in America they've joined I do appreciate that but also there is you know you, you've got to think about the future and you've got to think about demographics and you've got to think about how things are changing you I think you've got to divorce yourself from that and you've got to create something else yes um, I think it's possibly the only the only way to go back to your point Rafe about London um, yes there was a survey done by YouGov 2015 um, and the people asked all over the country do you think homosexuality is morally wrong? Morally wrong, not legal, morally. 
and most regions came back with about 15-16% of people saying yes it's morally wrong right? except for London mm. right? Div diverse Divers. wonderful <laughs> London <laughs> nearly 30% Right. That was in 2015. Think how much it will be now. You know. Yeah. So the thing is, what we're really all admitting by this is that we, basically, I feel that people should never have been put in this position of having to choose. No, of course. And, and, yeah. and nobody voted never. for it. Nobody yeah. voted to, to be put in this position. That's the yeah. key thing. And, and what we were told by the ministers in charge of immigration, really from Blur onwards, was, uh, was a, a set of soothing platitudes, mm. um, which have turned out to be, which were false anyway in the first place, and have turned out to point us in the wrong direction. So, I mean, what they said was diversity will breed acceptance. Yeah. And we're beginning to see that precisely the opposite is, yeah. is, is happening. What, yeah. um, John, you've been uh, this week hosting a conference in London, um, Recovering Conservatism. Yeah. Um, do these issues sort of bulk large in the minds of people who are sort of worrying about conservatism or not? Or is it an economic thing mostly? Oh, I don't think it's an economic thing. I mean, I think it's the kind of issues we've been, been discussing just around uh, around this table now, but also about those issues which have a distinctly national flavour. Mm. Um, questions of, of our history. Um, were we uh, a uniquely racist uh, slave trading power uh, or were we the country, a country which along with the rest of the world had slavery but in fact was the first to end it and mm. ended it worldwide. This at the moment is I think a key a clash in our society because it's a clash between oddly between the most highly educated sector of society who cling desperately to a historically false mm. account mm. and with the rest of the country who know in a kind of in their bones kind of way that's nonsense we uh, look at the uh, the fact that slavery was abolished wherever the union jack was planted mm. look at the cases where people would walk be <laughs> walk behind the union jack saying the flag that made us free i mean that kind of thing mm. people know about even though it's no no longer part of official uh, knowledge in british society and the the problem is that conservative governments as well as um, Labour and other ones, um, it's hard to find people who really want to establish that those truths in a mm. clear and firm way. Uh, they think they're just um, to bring these questions up to fight against error is divisive. Well, unfortunately, what you're seeing is this is yet another example of the antinomianism, the collapse of all standards and rules, mm. which is spreading everywhere, and which, of course, among other things, then breeds these passionate uh, uh, minorities which mm. want to impose a very clear, firm, and alas, often mistaken standard. This is a, a good example, like today, for example, the Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London, has been up to his usual tricks uh, in making a speech in which he says, and he's not the first by a no, long no, talk no. to say this, in which he says, um, mig migrants and refugees built mm. London, mm. right? Um, now, the blowback, you know, from yeah. people on yeah. saying, what are you, you know, what are you yeah. talking about? It's an insult to, to the generations of people who were here before. 
And um, but isn't that a good example where there's not a single conservative voice raised to say actually you're historically wrong mm. to yes. say that you know it's allowed just to rest. Yes, why can't you say simply, you're talking complete nonsense, yes. mm. you're misleading people, and furthermore, it's offensive to the mm. people who did yes. build this country, and whom you're denying any role. Yes. I mean, yeah, of course. It's just all, so. all, that's all it requires. Yeah. It doesn't require a law right. but it's, or anything. But it's so insidious and it's so widespread, this. I mean, we're talking today, you're talking about that story. I'll just throw another story into the mix, which, is, which has been published today by the BBC. Uh, and the headline was, The Windrush Generation made Britain great. The Windrush generation, the post-war in the post-war doldrums made Britain great. It's absurd. It's mm. totally absurd. But it's also it's it's kind of it's you know it, they're kind of uh, waiting mm. for you just simply to criticize mm. or to say no 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 this they're sort of you know this is the it's almost you're almost being set up mm. with these kind of stories but I we think. we have to it's incumbent upon us we we it's our duty we have to push back on this and we and we have to push mm. back with detail and we have to say no that's ridiculous mm. it's as simple well as we that. know don't we from um what happened in the second world war uh, when the american army was forced to abandon <coughs> its color bar mm. um and and its attempt to impose color bar in in uh, english pubs by English working class public opinion that they just blocked that now that was 42 43 53 54 is the wind just generation uh, that's the arrival in considerable beginning of, of mass immigration mm. into this country post-war 1954 uh, go forward to 67 and then you come you have a series of uh, laws passed against discrimination Race relations uh, all of those things yeah. and mm. and the fact is some of them may have been um, mistaken or have a misplaced emphasis but they were a clear attempt by the society of mm. this country um, to ensure fairness for everybody mm. and that's very very important fairness is a very key English value mm. and and um, and and we I mean I was making this I was talking about this to a, a Commonwealth uh, Prime Minister recently from the Caribbean uh, and you know he didn't uh, he wasn't shocked by what I said mm. um, uh, and and he, he realized this was practical reality of course you know he has a sectional interest he wants the uh the the people whom he used to represent to be um to be treated well here and he, he will always favor i think something that goes a bit further to do so but the fact is that 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 kind of openness and reasonableness and fairness is a key part of traditional english life but I don't see it being replicated no, by the people who I, are pushing I, I, all I these think, I think we've fundamentally changed because what you're yeah. talking about there, John, yeah. is equality of opportunity, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and we're putting in place the building blocks, all of those uh, yeah. acts yeah. that you were talking yeah. about there, 1965 uh, uh, Equality Act and, and the 1967 um, equality, uh, Sexual Equalities yeah. Act, all of those things, it's equality of opportunity. Mm. That now has been turned on its head, as we know, yeah. and it's this fantasy of equality of outcome yeah equity equity yeah, which yeah. is what it's called basically yeah. what would you see the uh, I mean God, it's a big question John but I mean given that you've had some pretty high high-powered names at your conference and today uh, there's gonna be an election next year sometime isn't there I mean do you think do you do you go along with the Hitchens view 
did the Tory party actually, the best thing that could happen to the Tory party to be obliterated? <laughs> well, the I mean, best thing to happen to conservatism is that the Tory party mm. should be obliterated. Um, well, it's a paradox, of course, and I know I can see his argument, and anyone who's witnessed the extraordinary wasting of the opportunity of the last election result has to be has to feel the Tory party deserves punishment for that. Um, on the other hand, that punishment would involve punishing ourselves mm -hmm. by having a government in which the kind of attitudes we've just been criticizing and wondering why the government wasn't doing more about them, we would then find the government was doing more about them. On it steroids. was enforcing yeah. them, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that's something we have to think about. As a matter of fact, um, what I would most like is a period of, of electoral confusion in which no government had the authority to do that while the right wing fought, sorted itself out. Mm -hmm. and, that, and, and that does, does require, uh, well, does actually require a, a realization that there are a lot of people who feel that. Uh, many of them are very clever. The right at the moment, although electorally it's in a jam, it's more fertile in producing not just magazines um, and think tanks, um, but also more and more ideas. Mm. I was in Sweden last week and I was found myself talking to a group of young conservatives in Sweden who was their hero, Roger Scruton. Mm -hmm. uh, so there is something going but, on. But that makes it all the more tragic though, doesn't it? Because we've got this incredibly intellectual, uh, fertile intellectual yeah. Um, yeah. landscape, yeah. which is totally disconnected from yeah. the Conservative Party. And I think it really is totally disconnected mm, yes, from the is. Conservative Party. I, I know occasionally, you know, mm. we, we have people yeah. on here and, and, and there are very tenuous connections, yes. but a deep intellectual and yeah. emotional commitment to what's going on intellectually. Um, that that's just not happening, is so it? Actually, yeah. people who support uh, sort of what you might call insurgent movements or parties in Europe tend to be on the younger side. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. here where people are younger people, and in fact, I think it was uh, this week uh, there's been a reporter um, showing something which again we know, um, which is that they are on the whole left and they're staying left mm. That's you know what, they're, yeah. they're they're not actually going on when they get their houses and whatever. well eric kaufman uh, produced some very important research on this at our conference and of course it does have that pessimistic conclusion but if you act, ask eric he'll point out there are some areas one of them is the stress on furnace which is still mm. strong in the society um and the other is You've got to have a government that is prepared to do things like close down the Arts Council yeah, and start yeah. another one. <laughs> exactly, yes. That was our very first report at the New Culture Forum about why, why it should go. And it's still getting, what is it, nearly a billion, billion pounds worth of uh, government money. No, it's not. Um, to be continued. But yeah. uh, in the meantime, John, thank you very, very much oh, indeed for coming. Thank you. Very thank nice you, Rave. Thank you for uh, that's Newspeak for you this week. Uh, we shall see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Hello. If you're enjoying the New Culture Forum channel and you believe in our mission, may I invite you to join our membership scheme at the link below or on our website, newcultureforum.org.uk. Our work is more important now than ever, and we have great plans ahead for the future, but we can't do it without your support. From as little as £3 per month, you can help ensure that we continue on our mission. As a member, you'll receive a range of benefits, including 
access to exclusive content, invitations to our private events, including here at our studios, free copies of our books, and much, much more, including, of course, our famous NCF mug. If you aren't able to become a member, then please help us by clicking this button and subscribing to our channel. It's completely free. Just remember to also click the bell icon so that you can get notifications when we post new videos. Thank you.